Hello and welcome to the Caring Instinct podcast. And this episode, we are continuing to talk about all things play. And uh, Joe's just written a beautiful blog post. Uh, I really enjoyed reading that, Joe, about your daughter and the play that for many parents would be what? This is just cheese out of order. But you turn it into a play situation and a wonderful, I suppose, release of that emotion for her and for you, yeah. probably. Actually, do you know what? I, I wrote that. I, I only published it today, but I wrote it a while ago. So I'm just having to remind myself. It's about the school, isn't it? So it's this school morning and uh, Joe's daughter has only just started school. It's the very first uh, term and some days she's happy to go and some she isn't. And, but there's suddenly a lot more instruction, suddenly just a lot more have yeah, to in her true. life. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's, well, what I've noticed about school is that um, she shuts she shuts herself down emotionally when she's there mm -hmm. and you know she's she's we had a parents she's an angel she's uh does what she you know she's no follows trouble at orders, all. <laughs> does everything yeah you know does and then um she comes home and it all comes out not so much anymore that was more the first term there's less coming out now but there's still quite a lot to come out at a different time and you get the whole range of emotions yeah so the a, a, I can't always do it, but if we find our way to to take that energy mm. into play, it just it just frees everything up. It just it just lets it move, and it uh, yeah, it's just kind of magical. It just kind of dissipates, and then it's gone. And it sometimes it can be just a tiny little playful thing, not even long. Sometimes it can be quite a long thing, but it just goes. It's great when it works. And you describe this power reversal basically power reversal play yeah uh, in the blog post so i'm not going to say anything else please follow uh, the caring instinct facebook group and read this beautiful story okay so uh, we've been talking about emotion that that is behind everything really that is how we uh, take in the world and how we are in the world it's behind how we behave and generally there are several things we can do with an emotion whether consciously or mostly unconsciously unless we are very practiced at um, understanding our emotions and managing them and quite mature we pre we're pretty much unconscious about them aren't we if we have an emotion and we most of the time have some um the first thing we can do is act on it. So if I'm filled with joy, I might dance around the room, I might squeal, and might uh, sing. If I am angry, I might lash out. Well, I will, I should say, not mind. There's no might about it. And if, if I am upset, I can fling myself onto the ground and cry. That's what my one-year-old does. You can't even I... yeah, you can't even pick him up. He just wants to lie on the floor and cry. You've got to sit next to him and rub his back. So that's the first thing to do. But before we teach 
children, we think we teach children a better way about their emotions. Before um, we learn to be more civilized, before we can counteract uh, that one thought with the other, which requires some maturity, before we manage any self-regulation, I know it's a big word out there at the moment, but way before we're capable of that, we know even and very two, young children sorry, know. That's yes, self-regulation so. too, too out there, I think, for me at the moment. It's like the it's almost like um, the self-regulation, it's become a, it's almost like we put the responsibility on the children yes. to self-regulate really early now. It self starts with self-soothing for babies. <laughs> self-soothing, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, which is, it's not possible. Well, it is possible. I think it is, but you just don't see the um, the trade off of what you have to do for it to be yeah, possible. Yeah, how it and happens because it, it works. It does work. You see it uh, on the surface. You see everything calm down, as it were. Yes, why it happens often is not because well, like, oh. I'm I'm upset now and I want my mommy to come to me right this second, but that's okay. Okay, it doesn't even hurt anymore and I can just lie here in my cot and fall asleep. That's not what happens. What happens is either the baby despairs or a child uh, realizes that their upset is not welcome. And that is the second thing that can happen to an emotion when we know the expression of an emotion is not welcome and we can pick up on it really early in life. We can suppress it. The joy is too much. The anger is too much. The upset is too much. Stuff it down, stuff it down. And uh, to an extent, of course, it's wonderful when we can make space for emotions, when we can name them for a child, when we can hold this empathetic space for their emotions but that is not always possible we still edit our emotional expression our authenticity to attach to be with the people that are important to us as young children and as older people uh, that's what happens this this is Freud I think was the first one who wrote about it that we suppress emotion to be able to be with people yeah there's a great uh video I, maybe we can attach it in the we'll put it in the comments oh we'll put but, it in um, facebook page. dr gabo mate talks about uh authenticity versus attachment yes and the he describes authenticity as having your uh emotion be able to have your uh senses your emotion and being, being able to feel it as well um the idea being that we've been around for i don't know 150 thousand years uh mainly in hunter-gatherer tribes and to be living in nature to be uh, to have that connection to ourselves there's those basic emotional systems is paramount to our survival also we have attachment which gordon newfeld would call the preeminent need most important need so that's the that's our um drive to connect to attach to someone who's going to look after us take care of us which we see in animals mammals in and and us you know and we have both these important needs that we have but when they're what happens if they're against each other i.e if you have your uh your rage your anger it harms your relationship with your parent there's no space for anger in your relationship 
where we're going to drop one and which one will we drop yeah the relationship with the parent which means survival or exactly yeah and that's another way to look at that suppression and it's very cold we all have things that we just don't have space for yes and that's where play comes in yes because in play or that suppressed emotion uh can come out yeah a lot safer to have anger in play potentially than it is in real life and i was wondering let's just talk emotion by emotion what could it look like in play one thing came up for me is um we hear that emotion we hear a lot of you know happy sadness and a a famous neuroscientist jack pansek i think who who worked out there's i think there was something like seven basic emotions which he found the circuitry of we shared this with many mammals yes. and I think the 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 emotions he found was seeking, mm-hmm. rage, fear, panic, play, which has an emotion, lust and care. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason why I feel like sharing that is there's still a, some of them are not obvious. Like seeking is not an obvious emotion to me or it wouldn't be. We don't oh, see yeah, it. I, rage. I closeness. Yeah, rage, yeah. fear, panic, uh, lust and care maybe, but seeking and play maybe two different ones just to add to the mix. Oh, absolutely. So what could seeking look like? In play? Yeah. Well, there's the, you know, the obvious, hide and seek. Hide and seek. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's there. Tag, yeah, the pursuit. The pursuit, yeah. Yeah. Going towards... Um, mm-hmm some a person or it could be a goal or something you're trying to trying to achieve in the in the game the sequence because something with kind of motivation if you don't get it there might be some frustration or but very important with play as well it's not the it's not the condition it's not the object it's not work it's not something you have to it's it's far more playful than that how do you see it so that to me would probably fall into the bigger category of attachment play yeah so for years and still now with my seven-year-old I think from about two we've been playing you be mommy x I be baby baby x you'll be mommy dragon I'll be uh baby dragon and whatever you (laughs) you put in your usually animal there and we are and that relationship is in play yeah and since his little brother was born when he was six. It's sometimes six six is a very actually mature age to have a little sibling in your life because you can easily counteract your frustration about having a young sibling with care for that young sibling. But that frustration should go somewhere. And a lot of the time in play, it's now... Uh, okay, we are your mummy polar bear, and we're your uh, we're your polar bear cubs. But I'm the youngest one. Yeah, he will say, even though, of course, in reality, he's the eldest. But and at what, least in play, he can still be the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. What comes up for me in that see, that kind of attachment play is is it, it's uh, a safe space to experience rejection as well. Mm. In those relationships. What you mean? Mm. Well, I imagine playing with my daughter as well. And sometimes there's a, um, the relationship doesn't work out or there's, they could, the mama bear can't see the baby bear or, or 
there's no time for this one so but they can explore what it's like to to feel that safely in uh-huh. the play setting where it doesn't where it's not real life yeah because it will happen in real life as well but it's too hard to feel yeah so i love how dr newfall says the way through is not to become a super parent and try to get everything right and everything done the way through is to have uh, to have the adaptation process going for children or for them to have the tears about what's not working and to have the play yeah where it can play out exactly and so plays where you can go you can go to all these places in about that could be one minute worth of play exactly um, and it could have all happened. Shall we continue about what other emotions might look like in play? What do you think? Yeah, so a big one that shows up for me with my children is uh, frustration, anger, rage. Mm-hmm. Attacking, attacking play. Attacking play. And uh, it shows up with uh, sometimes it's the um, we'll attack each other verbally in a playful way, like you poo-poo or these kind of things and then cut back and forth and we're having fun with it. And uh, sometimes it might be play fighting. Oh, and they just love when you escalated. Yeah. yeah. Rather than that's not a thing to say. Yeah. And And sometimes uh, I know as well, it can start off with a real, in the real world, there's a real frustration or anger about something and we can bring it straight into the play with, you know, I notice she's experiencing that and I can say, come on, let's fight it out then. Come on. And then she'll just move into that play mode and we can have a little wrestle and it might move that way. That doesn't always work, but when it does, it it's just, it just moves and then the frustration dissipates. Yes. And we would, again, um, we're conditioned to be like, oh my God, if the if the child says that like poo-poo head or something to us, oh, they will start calling everyone at school that no, 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 nip it in the bud. But the children usually have very good awareness of what's playing, what's not. Yeah, we don't we do a lot of that with my daughter and and who we've it had is, our first parents and she's and still she's an, an angel at school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it does. It's not. Yeah, I think that's a myth. That it's, yeah. Yeah, they know what to do. And for me, when it's as a t- when you notice it happening at school or coming out with peers, or my sense is that they've not had enough safe space for it to move at home. Yeah. Or in other areas, so it has to move in, in these areas. And here's where they get into trouble. Yes. When they haven't processed it in. Yeah. In play, well, for children, it will be first and foremost in play, hence this yeah. play therapy and all. And also another manifestation of frustration in play could be actually what we see as constructive play, like building things, creating things, constantly changing things, because frustration is behind the impulse to change, build, create all this. Well, because something's not good enough. So a child who is building a lot, for example, out of Lego, could also work that frustration and creativity Yeah. Uh, at the same time. It doesn't mean that it's a horrible thing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. From my own experience, well, we noticed when as adults, because 
childhood in school and and in society has been mainly that these emotions are nuisance the ones like frustration and anger so you should try and steer clear of them if you want to be successful or if you want to be able to learn because you should they're not part of, of the process of learning but in fact when you give them space they kind of complete they go on their journey and there's completion they're actually what you notice they kind of aid this maturity and learning it sounds weird at first if you're not used to it but notice it well as any adult i'm sure who's ever buried their frustration in diy or something like that and it, i'm sorry not buried expressed yeah yeah it's kind of both maybe not, as well isn't yeah. it buried as in it's, exactly. it's a safe place it's gone it's to a, a safe, safe place. place yes so it's buried from it's other safer other than you know parts. it's better than shouting at your loved ones yeah and it's it might just mean you have a new garden shed yeah and so the other emotion that's curious is the panic how do you see that coming out in play panic in play kind of distress well i think of stuff like the floor is lava Oh, they, <laughs> yes, the alarm-based play yeah, that alarm, we've been the alarm talking place about. That we're talking about. Yeah, all those types of games, and the you see how they kind of games, yeah. they chase, they kind of merge into one. The seek, the chase, the hide and seek, which we went straight to the seeking, is also the panic is there as well. Yeah, <laughs> is to be hidden is is to be apart. Yes, and the thrill. Yeah. Yeah. And in play, it's there's there's a thrill to it. You can really experience it. And yeah, but if it was in a real world, a hospital trip or something like this, you just can't feel it there mm. in that way. So um, I watched a movie, which is an achievement for me. <laughs> I, yeah, well I don't do that. <laughs> I say that like you. That's because yeah. uh, since Liam was born, I haven't been very much. Never mind. I will. I made time for this one. Life is beautiful. Have you seen it? No, I'm terrible with movies, but I know yeah. I've heard of it. Obviously. Uh, so, so the premise is: there's the main character. He's really playful. He uh, woos the woman he's in love with by just like surprising her all the time. There's jokes. There's like he makes her laugh. What they call, and they have this wonderful relationship. They have a five-year-old son. And that happens to be in uh, 1945 Italy, and they're a Jewish family. So, and it's wonderful, this playful energy for half of the movie. And then they're in a concentration camp for the other half of the movie. Mm. And he, the father, is with the son there, and he turns it into a game. He turns the whole concentration camp experience into play. Really? So the incredible just safety for the child. Well, that, yeah, you watch it and it, it just cuts to the quick straight away because there's the train. They they all been uh, marched onto the train. And he says to his son, we've got to get on the train. We've got reservations. It's your birthday present horrifying but it's real for the little boy you know it is yeah. his birthday present and he I won't go into it he creates this whole system that not only creates this bubble of safety for the little one but it also gets him to behave because for a lot of it he needs to hide him he needs to hide his son because otherwise he'd be killed 
and he needs him to be very quiet for long periods of time, not come out, not mm. he needs to, him to sit in a little box and hide and and he does it all through play. And that is an absolutely extreme example. And that is, again, always a ray of sunshine. But it's uh, yeah. an example of how discipline can be done through play so much more effortlessly. It's uh, what comes up for me is it's nature's way of uh, looking after us. Yes. And, and he was yeah. just intuitive enough to, yeah, yeah. to do that. And it's something we just have on tap. Just Absolutely. ready to enter into. And the more we tap into it, the more yeah. play there is in our life. It's it's possible to rediscover at any age. Okay, thank you for tuning in to our playful podcast on play. We've got another one in store for you about play. Maybe we'll have some more because it just kind of keeps on coming out. We should talk next time about how to tap into it, create this play to reap the benefits for ourselves and the little ones yeah or not stand in its way and yeah. let it have its way with us connecting with play sounds good give us well, a like and uh please check us out on facebook and see you next time we'll see you next time bye